anyway, thank you, Ricky. Uh, so music has played a big part in my life, and even today, I always listen to music. At school, when I'm, uh, I teach special education, I always have music on during the day. When I go to school uh, in my car, I'm listening to KSGN, Contemporary Christian Music, and, and every time I'm listening to that music, things happen in my life. Music changes us. Music ministers to us. Music makes a difference. And so as I'm going through this um, sermon this, this morning about living under pressure, living, anybody under pressure in your life? We live under pressure. We live under pressure. There's a lot of songs uh, that have come this last couple of weeks as I've been preparing. There's four specific songs and one other that's five, isn't it? So five songs that I want to share with you in, in, the, in the process of sharing this word from 2 Corinthians. If you have your Bible, you can turn to chapter 4 and be ready for that. Um, but we're all living under pressure. One specific song that's really uh, been uh, reaching me is called Diamonds. And it sounds like this. Listen to it. Feel that in the fire. We're in the ashes sometimes, aren't we? We're just dust. God is in the business of making diamonds out of us. Being held under the pressure. We're under the pressure and we're in the ashes. But in those ashes, there's treasure. Pressure, just like in weather... You know, you see the weatherman, they always talk about, well, there's a high pressure over Southern California, so that means we're going to have lots of wind or, or whatever, or, or high temperatures. And then low pressure means something else. There's always pressure. There's times of high pressure. There's times of low pressure. But you know what? There's never any times of no pressure. Because if you have no pressure, you're in a vacuum. That's space. There's no air there. You're dead. So we're going to have low pressure. We're going to have high pressure. That's our life. And a lot of people, um, our choices during these times of changing pressure tells a lot about who we are. There's a lady named Lauren Scruggs. I don't know if you've heard about her, but uh, she was in the news Several years ago, ABC did a, a little story on her. But, but Lauren Scruggs, um, in 2011, she was getting off a small plane in Dallas, Texas, when she ran into the propeller. She lost her left eye and her left arm. And you can see, um, you know, my new normal. 
this is her, that left arm is a prosthetic. And she said she underwent months of rehabilitation. She, uh, the injuries that she suffered uh, by walking into the spinning airplane propeller were life-threatening and lifestyle-altering. Losing an eye, a hand, and enduring multiple surgeries, Lauren had to face the new realities of life. How would this young woman, pursuing a career in the world of fashion and style, react to these changes in her appearance and abilities? With the help of her family and her faith, she found a way. Of this time, she said, pain unwraps us. It opens us up and it shows us how empty and helpless we are without God and His goodness. You know, in, in first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it, it, uh, Paul is talking about something that he's very familiar with, being under pressure. He has always lived under pressure. And we're going uh, to look at those last three verses, which are kind of a summary of the whole um, uh, chapter 4. But I want you also to, in your Bible, look at verse 7 and 8 for a minute too. It says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not ourselves. We are afflicted in every way and not crushed. We are perplexed but not despairing, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. You know, Paul was familiar with all of the difficult times that he lived through. He, he, he was able to go through those difficult times and go through them and come out on the other side. They didn't get him down. They didn't change him. Um, it, it says that they had, he had this treasure in jars of clay. I think the King James says it. And it was common in those days to hide your valuable items in that common item like a, a jar. And uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in jars in a cave. And um, Paul says that the extraordinary treasure that we have is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the mercy that, he give, that he's given us, the fact that we have salvation. That's the treasure that we have. But, but he's chosen to put it in these clay jars. You know, look around. There's a bunch of clay jars around here. That's you and me. He's chosen to put it into those um, ordinary, everyday items. But there's treasure there. We need to be able to allow that treasure to come forth. Um, <clears throat> whatever pressures you are under this morning, Paul's example gives us direction and hope. And at the end of the chapter, in verses 16 through 18, he summarizes that. And let's read through those together. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comprehension. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal but the things that are not seen are eternal. Now, out of those three verses, I want to make three points this morning. So the first point, living under pressure, is that pressure produces progressive renewal. Verse 16, that first part of that, you know, it, it says, uh, it, 
you know, the passage starts with a therefore. So Doug told us what? What is it there for? Okay. And that's why I said all I did about jars of clay and everything. That's why it's there. What's coming up is there because we have this treasure. We have this wonderful gospel in our life. We've been changed. We've been made new because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not get discouraged. We don't faint. We never collapse. As they say in Galaxy Quest, never give up, never surrender. Anyway. But that's, that's what, uh, because of what we have in these jars of clay, we don't have to give up. We don't have to surrender. We can always be the victor. And it says that our outer man is decaying. I don't know about you, but as I get older, my outer man is decaying more and more and more. Uh, I had to buy myself a large print Bible, you know, because I can't see as well as I did before. And uh, every morning when I get up, it takes me longer to straighten out my legs and, you know, get, get ready to go. Uh, some of you probably understand that. Some of the rest of you are too young, you know, and, and, but trust me, the outer man is decaying. It's, it's getting suffering, wear and tear. It's falling apart. And um, even our world, you look at the world, it's always in a state of decay. Are, are, are our houses getting better and better day by day? No, they wear out. You know, the plumbing wears out, this wears out, everything wears out. So this is the truth. But he says, don't lose heart. Even though all those things are going wrong on the outside, even though the physical laws of the universe say that everything is decaying and everything is getting you know, out of, into chaos again, it's okay. God is in control. In spite of that downward spiral, Paul says that our inner man, the spirit within us, the part that Jesus has renewed and, and, and restored in us, that is getting better day by day, progressively, day by day. It's being renewed. It's being renewed. We receive that by just allowing God's grace to work in our lives. 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4 says, says it this way. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit. You know, every New Year's, I love that verse because, you know, you, you decide, I'm going to start exercising more. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I come back to this scripture and it says, but it, it's of little profit. You know, why, why go through that? Well, that may not be exactly what it means up there, but um, it, it, anyway, moving on. But godliness is profitable for all things since it holds the promise for the present life and also for the life to come. You know, we need to be disciplined. It says we need to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. We need to help God in his day-to-day renewal. There are some things that we can do. Now, I don't mean this as a formulaic kind of thing. Richard Foster talks about spiritual disciplines. And, and this is not a formula or a legalism that I want to put, put you under, you know, 
there's a danger when speaking about what it takes to be transformed, to be renewed day by day. It is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that true change can really happen. Okay, so we, we need to do our part. And there are some disciplines that we can have in our lives. There's inner disciplines, outer disciplines, and corporate disciplines that he talks about. The inner disciplines are, are these. You already know these, right? Prayer, meditation, fasting, studying the Word of God. How much time do you spend every day reading your Bible? Do you want to be renewed day by day? Part of the discipline, the spiritual discipline, is opening it up and reading. It, it's just that simple. And when you do that, you're going to be renewed. Or, or meditating, thinking about the Word of God. Take a little card and put a, a scripture on it and read it through all day long. Just meditate on the Word of God. Some of us may need to fast. You know, skip a meal to think about the Lord. Some of us need to pray. We need to pray more. The more we pray, the more we're working with that renewal that God wants in our lives to make that inner man day by day stronger. Outward uh, manifestations of that, just living a simple life. Living, you know, solitude. Some of us, uh, we love solitude. We'd rather have solitude than any, anything else. You know, so for me, this is not hard. But for my wife, it's a little more difficult. You know, I need to go out and meet people. But that's an outward discipline, submission to the church. You guys that just came here, you know what you just did, right? You submitted yourself to the church, to this church, this corporate body. That's submission and service. Finding a place where God can use your gifts. Finding a place where you can be a blessing to other people, to help. That's one of the ways that we get renewed day by day. Inner man being strengthened. And then finally, our corporate disciplines, what we're doing this morning. Confessing our sins one to another. Worshiping together. Guidance. Celebration. Those are the, the corporate things that we can do as a group that will help to renew us and make our inner spirit better day by day. So pressure produces renewal, progressive renewal. Um, you know, another song that, that has been resonating with me is Trust in You by Lauren Daigle. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of that and then we'll get to the words that I think are more important, I want to stress. You know how that feels. 
Trust. Trust. Trust in God. And then this is true. He does, doesn't he? Nothing catches him by surprise. Pressure produces a progressive renewal in our lives when we trust in God, when we put all our trust in Him, no matter what that pressure is. The outer man can decay, but the inner man grows stronger and stronger day by day. Second point in verse 17 pressure produces pure diamonds. You know, Paul says that these momentary light afflictions are producing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. There's an older church man, a man in the church that, that was once asked, what his favorite verse in the Bible was? Without hesitation, he said, and it came to pass. They looked at him and they said, what do you mean, and it came to pass? What's so special about that? That's over and over in, in, in the Gospels. And it came to pass. And he, he went on to say that he was comforted by knowing that when the pressure came into his life, that it did not come to stay, but it came to pass. Just a simple thought. No matter what pressure we're under, no matter how we're going through those things, it didn't come to stay. It's going to pass. It's going to go on. And God is going to come back and strengthen us and renew us. He's going to make us diamonds. He, that, that pressure that, that we're feeling, it's going to change us. Romans 8.18 8, says it this way. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. These present afflictions are not worthy to be compared to what we have to look forward to. We sang about that this morning too, about heaven and what we have to look forward to. That glory, that eternal weight of glory is all confirmed for each and every one of us. God says he's working that in our lives. And then Romans 8, 28, we all... Remember that we know that all thing, that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You know, those light and momentary afflictions, God is making diamonds out of us. A diamond is one of the most precious minerals on earth, but you know where it comes from? A lump of coal, an old black lump of coal. The only difference is, is that you put that lump of coal under intense pressure for an extended amount of time, and what do you get? A diamond. That's what God is doing with us. He's allowing us to do that. And, you know, in a way, whether you are a lump of coal or a diamond depends on how willing you are to allow that pressure to do its work in your life. Are you a little willing to say, God, you know, use me. Go ahead and do whatever you need to do. 
the result is something pure, something flawless. You know, the problems we have in our lives are small potatoes compared to the glory we will experience when we celebrate the Lamb's Supper with Jesus in heaven, our final hope and destination. Um, one of the songs that I thought about was uh, Flawless by Mercy Me. Sounds like this. Whatever pressure, God is making a diamond out of you, a flawless diamond. has made us flawless. You know, there's something about salvation that's past, present, and future. We have been saved by Jesus. He died 2,000 years ago. And we are being saved even now. The pressures that we're under are making us more and more like Him. They're there to purify us, to make us that pure, flawless diamond. And one day, when we get to sit down with Jesus at the Lamb's Supper, when we get to be with Him, we're going to be perfect, flawless. Marco is flawless. Right now. That is our hope. God is making us flawless. God is working in our Let's allow him to do that. The third point this morning. Pressure produces proper perspective. You know, Paul finally tells us not to look on the things that are seen, but to look on the things that are unseen. A few weeks ago, Dave Dinstad talked about defiant grace. You know, having the right perspective. That, and, and, and that's what this is talking about. That's the point of this final verse. We don't need a clearer view of the suffering we're going through. We need a clearer view of the God who is above the suffering, who, who takes us through the suffering. Romans 8.25 says, If we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for us. For it. We're waiting eagerly for us to be different, to be changed. And then Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it's one of my favorite verses. It says, therefore, since we have been 
Since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And this is the part I want you to focus on. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That should be our perspective. That's the proper perspective when we're going through pressure-filled times, when we're having difficult times. Fix your eyes on Jesus. There's a song by Casting Crowns, it's called Just Be Held, that kind of encapsulates what I'm talking about here. love that phrase. It's falling into place, folks. He's on the throne. And this is our perspective. This is what we need to do. If your eyes... He'll sing it better than I do. eyes are on the storm, you'll wonder if he loves us. But if your eyes are on the cross, you'll know that he always will. And he always has. Whatever we face, whatever pressures that are coming our way, whatever storm clouds that, that, that go ahead of us, whatever pathway that you're going down, whatever pressures you're, you're on, There's a rainbow ahead. There's a rainbow that reminds us that God is on the throne and he's going to take us through that and he's going to make us pure. But we've got to have the proper perspective. We've got to see it from his standpoint and not our standpoint. Pressure gives us proper perspective. So those are are the points that I wanted to make from these passages this morning. that, That... First of all, pressure produces progressive renewal. It changes us day by day. The outer man is decaying, but the inner man is being better and better every day. And then pressure produces uh, pure diamonds. Pure diamonds. And pressure allows us to have the proper perspective on life. I want to end this morning with another song. 
and I'm going to let it play as I read about this. This is Andrea Bocelli, and you know, he's blind, he's a man of disabilities, and yet has such a beautiful voice. He's able to connect with people all over the world. Uh, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir is singing with him to the Lord's Prayer. And uh, there was a um, Daily Guidepost magazine that I was reading. Uh, Kim Henry was the author. She had just gone through uh, surgery and was recuperating from surgery and had this to say about the power of music. The songs that I've shown with you, there's, there's power in those songs if we allow it to touch us and to minister to us. She said this, I needed to focus on God, but how? How do I tune out the pain and tune into God? It was almost two weeks post-op. I was beginning to feel better, but nighttime was difficult. I could no longer tolerate narcotic pain medicine, and muscle spasms attacked my legs. I put on my headphones and I closed my eyes to Andrea Bocelli singing the Lord's Prayer. I let every word sink in. Bocelli's voice was like an angel's. Its splendor and richness, a taste of heaven. I played it over and over. I let it consume me. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Bocelli's voice crescendoed. And so did my love for God. Instead of thinking about my pain, I concentrated on God's magnificence. I felt bathed in his love, enveloped in his peace. I wanted nothing more than to praise him. In the midst of my praise, my weary body relaxed and I slept. This centering on God became my replacement for pain medicine. Through the songs... I abided in him as I did not only the world, but also my pain faded. Music can change us. Music, as we allow it to minister to our souls, can help us have a better perspective on the pressures that we're going through. We can see God at work making diamonds out of us.